And now we started tree tree on this side feedback. Why is it dead? Hallelujah. It is saying that when it comes to the glorification of the church, for now, that's okay. It has come back. It has come back. It has now come back. It has now come back. Very powerful. Don't touch a thing. Dismiss people. Send them home, in fact. Hallelujah. Send people where? Home. If it was Lituania, say, Ifunge, Sasa, Ifunge. Just send them. Let them go now. Hallelujah. This is very serious. Now, he's saying that when it comes, when it comes to glorification of the church, then the Lord now talks as though there is a republic. There is a government, there is a country under which we are submitted. And that right away tells you that there are privileges, there are rules, there are rights, civil rights, and all these things there. There are responsibilities required of us. And I gave the example of the Romans when they conquered the world. They used to send governors and commanders and armies. And those armies maintained the Roman civilization in those places. So they affected those places with the Roman civilization. And the Lord is saying that we too, we now need to start affecting the rotting world, the dying world, with the civilization of heaven. If heaven is known for its civilization by people walking holy, then we need to affect the world with holiness not by talking to them, by just walking holy, 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 everybody becomes holy. Until everybody becomes holy. You may not need to go and talk to somebody. You just need to walk holy. And when they see you walking holy, they'll realize, wow, what a superior civilization. They'll realize our civilization is superior. And they will want to be like us. And our superiority will be able to affect them the way the Romans with their superior culture affected everywhere they went. Hallelujah. Can you sit down a moment? That is serious. And then he's saying, in other words, that if our culture and civilization is that strong, is very strong like that, and we are, we, are, we are coming with it, we are portraying it here, we are shining it here, then we should not have fears that this civilization will absorb us, will swallow us. That is where the problem is. Hallelujah. That when the church went out with the civilization of heaven, I don't know how she packaged herself. When she went out to evangelize the world, she was instead converted into the world. That is a tragedy. That's why you have the dressing of the world in the church. The culture of the world in the church. The talking and the speaks, speakings of the world are in the church. The behavior, even the preaching, they've changed. And the gospel. And the gospel. Such that they have now come up with the gospel. We come up with the gospel that is focusing people horizontal to the world. 
So, when it's time for the Lord to speak about uh, glorification, the first thing he says is that to begin with, our citizenship is not here at all. Meaning, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this place. And in the same book of John, you hear him say that, and you are not of this world. Why? Because the kingdom of Jesus is not temporary. It is permanent and eternal. And even us, when we are glorified, we will have permanent and eternal bodies. Therefore, we deserve an eternal kingdom. Hallelujah. Separation, separation, separation. From the world, from El Mundo. And then he says the following, the same, and now he says that the land is not yours. You cannot sell it and think about it. It is true. In the beginning, the Lord created, right? The land is not yours. And he said, you cannot sell it forever. You cannot sell it permanently. He's reminding us that we are pilgrims. We are on a journey. And he's telling us that we have a superior city, a superior home. We should be longing for it. The Lord is shocked in that vision when he says, God tells them when the rapture takes place, they will have bodies like man, glorious bodies like man. The Lord is shocked. He cannot believe that we have been given such a promise and we abandoned it. We are focusing on the perishable world. He cannot believe. Do you now understand that you are given a treasure and then you abandon and focus on the temporary? He cannot believe that. He cannot believe that. Thank you, Horace, for sitting and paying attention, not disturbing my meeting, because you are Kenyan. He cannot believe that. He cannot believe that you are given such a treasure, a more superior kingdom, a better country. If you read the book of Hebrews 11, Abraham says, Abraham was brought to the promised land, and he began to live in tent, because he was longing for a better country, a better city, whose architect is God, a permanent city, a holy city, where there are no thugs, there is no murder, no cancer, no surgery, no diabetes, no divorces. That is better by far. Where there is no sin and dying. So he's shocked that we are given such a promise and we relinquished it aside and we began to pursue the temporary. God is shocked. God tell them, I have watched them for many years. They are not doing what is right. I have watched them for many years. But instead of focusing on eternal glory, they are focusing on temporary things. God tells them that no, there is nothing more treasured, more expensive, more costly than the glory he has promised. Gloria elke prometida. In other words, the unpurchasable glory. No amount of money can purchase it. In hell, there are billionaires. Billionaires are in hell. So no amount of money can purchase glorification. A glorious body, the kingdom of God. And he's saying this is the final stage. You are simply entering heaven because it is the last stage in God's redemption program for mankind. You are getting the body so you may stand before God and fellowship with God and talk to God and celebrate God. A body that does not get tired. 
a body that has no blood, you can sit down and eat fish by the Sea of Galilee. Aye. Broiled fish, broiled. Sit down and enjoy it by the Sea of Galilee. And he's saying, right now when he looks at the church, they're suffering, they're in pain, medical bills, depression, unemployment, divorce, psychiatrists, Prozac, psychologists, they are trying yoga, they are trying what? They are trying, they are trying gyms and what have you. They are trying walk to beat age, whatever. He said, no, it will be an eternal body, has no aging process. It is impossible, does not perceive pain. Can you imagine living without pain? And then he's shocked. You are still always wanting to choose hell. He's really shocked by that. Go tell them. He said, go tell them. Go tell them. And he's saying as we continue. Again, the book of Philippians 3. Philippians chapter 3. That's our lead scripture tonight. If you don't mind, I'll put a bookmark there too. Philippians chapter 3. When he's now talking about glorification. The book of Philippians chapter 3, our lead scripture, verses 20 and 21. Then he says the following. Want to together, we read together. The book of Philippians chapter 3. I'm reading 20 and 21. Thank you, my son Eugene. You have done a tremendous job. Uh, a master's degree in IT and software design uh, and applications and what have you. I now can taste the fruit of your studies and your salvation. Thank you, my son. So he's saying the following. He's saying verses 20 and 21, Philippians chapter 3 says, But, pero, our citizenship is in heaven. Do you know why he's saying but? Do you know why he's saying but? If you read from verse 17 there, let me explain to you. If you read from verse 17, you'll find that there are some people who are masquerading. Uh-huh. There were some people who are pretending Pretending to be citizens of Rome. They were paying the taxes. But they were not obeying the Roman laws. No, no, sorry. Get me, get, let me get, get me right. They were speaking the language but not paying the taxes. Impuestas in Espanol. Ellos no pagas su impuestas. Pero ellos clamar that they belong to Rome. They claimed to belong to Rome. But they were not obeying the laws of that country. So they were not living by. So you hear their language, you think they are. And in the same way, he's saying that if you look at the church, my Lord, <laughs> there are some people in the church that are claiming to be the citizens of the kingdom of God. Some of them might be here, my Lord. But when you look at the laws of heaven, the laws of righteousness, laws of holiness, they are not obeying it. So he was separating. He was using but, para separar the falsos from the true ones. This is serious. That is exactly what the church has done. They claim to be going to heaven, but they are walking nude. But they, they, they don't have the whole... Okay, if you ask them, do you have the Holy Spirit? They say they have. But then, they're in sin as though the Holy Spirit has not instructed them that Jesus is holy. That is serious. 
The citizenship of heaven is not a joke. Just like the citizenship of Kenya, you have a passport. And it's written there, East African Community, Kenya, Republic of Kenya. And it's written there, things, requirements. And it's written there, the things the government speaks on your behalf. If you see this person, please help them on our behalf. If there's any problem, call us. You are publicly owned by heaven. You are not your own. Hey! There are laws. There are responsibilities. And the church, there is a church that is claiming to be citizens of heaven. They want to enter heaven, but they are not ready to fulfill obligations, responsibilidad of that citizenry. That's why we are here. That we may awaken the church and cause an awakening and people to take their salvation much more seriously. There is a miracle sitting in our midst here. For 30 years since birth, flowing urine, tying a lot of towels. Yesterday as I was preaching, I just stopped. And then I was a briefing. These are briefs. These are not even preachings. I stopped and said, you my daughter. And when she got up, boom, the healing anointing touched her, my Lord. And they stopped. This is serious. That kingdom has power. There is an identity for the kingdom, for the citizens of that kingdom. Their responsibilities, righteousness, they have an identity. If it's about righteousness, we have portrayed that civilization here. If it's about holiness, we have to beam it here and change the world. And as far as I understand, that citizenship, that kingdom we come from is more superior. Superior to this one. So people should see and be attracted to it. But instead today, when people see the Christians, they are repulsed from it. Until the Muslims say, I don't want my daughters to dress like that. I don't want that God. Because in their idol worship, they are holy. That is serious. Very serious. And so, in the scripture, the lead scripture that lays out the narrative of the glorification of the church, the first thing he raises is the separation of the false citizens from the true citizens, and he anchors you into heaven. He says, forget about the world. He is separating you from the world. That's the first thing he does. Separate you from the world. And I'm talking to a church in a generation that really loves the world intensely. Are we together? So that is where the problem is. Can we continue reading this? And he says, again, Philippians chapter 3, 20 to 21, verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven, where we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Kemarabioso. What a wonder. He's saying, this is serious. That when it comes to the glorification of the church, he now says, not only is our citizenship totally separated from this earth, meaning the earth is not our country. The earth is not our home. The world, nope. Nope. 
Even the culture of the world is not our culture. Meaning we should live as strangers. We should live as pilgrims, people on a journey. We should live as foreigners. Meaning we should be strange to them. Not mixing and accepting and amalgamating with them. Then he says, our citizenship is in heaven, another place, not this place. And he says, where we eagerly await a savior. Hi. The word, oh, if, if, you, if, you, if you hear Portuguese or Spanish, they say, nosotros anxiosamente. Where we anxiously, distressfully, in fear, await for a savior, tremblingly, with distress, my Lord. But when you look at the church, do you see the church in distress? No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Do you see the church waiting in distress? No, no. Not at all. No, no. In fact, I think they, some of them said, no, the, the Messiah is not even coming back. Hi. He's saying that we should eagerly, eagerly, why eagerly, why eagerly? We should be eager, but in the Spanish and Portuguese, they say, in the Latin, they say, anxiosamente, meaning, we in the anxiety like this. <sighs> meaning, if I miss this thing, I'm in maximum trouble. Do you see the church doing that? Do you see the church of Christ doing that? Absolutely no. Absolutely not. Did you understand the message of glorification? This vision of October 18th, 2021. What a serious message to the church. Correction. Awakening. Shaking the church. Hallelujah. He's saying that when it comes to the glorification of the church, then he says that we are not from here and we eagerly await a savior. Let me tell you this. Look at this now. Focus on me now. If you take the same model, the same model of the, of the Roman soldiers, right? The Roman governors, they are sent by Rome to a colony, a colonia, that they have taken. So they are there, plus the, the army, and the chief of the army. They are Romans, eating Roman food and everything. But they know that if there is a mutiny, if the people there turn against them, they will call for help from Rome. If the people there surround them, want to kill them. They will call for help from Rome. So, if you look at the way the cities are built, they are built with a wall. There used to be a lot of terrorism in those days. There were so many terrorists in those days. So, you had to build a wall, a perimeter wall, to guard the city. So, he's saying that those cities had what we call sentry towers, a tall place where you can check in the east. You can see the road where it's coming from for watching. Someone is drinking coffee, eating nuts, the whole night just checking and guarding the city. They watch men. Watch men. They were in the sentry tower. People are sleeping in the day. There is someone in the day. In the night, there is someone in the night. But there is someone in the sentry tower. They are watching in the east. They are watching the road, how far it is. And they are just eating nuts and coffee. Just nuts and coffee. If there's anything, they blow a trumpet. For these people. Be careful, danger is coming, whatever. In like manner, he says, if the people of that colony turned against them, they call for help from their home country, from Rome. So in other words, they were living in distress in those foreign lands. 
in distress. They were considered an occupying force. There was hostility against them. And he's saying, therefore, that even the church, when it comes to the glorification of the church, he says that we should be eagerly awaiting for a savior. The Romans, look at this now, the Romans, for them, if there was a problem, they had called for help, and there is a distress here. Things are very distressful. Some people have attacked. The watchman would be looking at the sentry tower and waiting to see the dust. The dust coming with horsemen. Horsemen coming to rescue them. Hey! Para rescatar ellos. Para salvar ellos. Para liberar ellos. He's saying that even the church we need to be in distress because of too much homosexuality being celebrated. We need to be in distress in this place and looking all the time, waiting to see the, the dust from the horizon, seeing the east, the Messiah coming to save us from the tribulation, from the corona, from the earthquake. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! To come and save us from the coronaviruses. To come and save us from unemployment. To come and save us from the homosexuals who have surrounded us. Every country has legalized them. They don't want you to rebuke it. They want to take you to jail. So we should be looking intently, anxiously, with a lot of anxiety, eagerly awaiting a savior to come and save us from the tribulation. To save us from the tribulation. Hallelujah. That we should not settle. When you look at the church, they are settled. They are settled. The church is happy here. And the Lord is saying, when it comes to glorification, how? How? How can you be happy here when you are rebuking, you are not even part of them. And you are in distress. You are waiting for a savior. And if you read the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, Isaiah 65, he says the following. Hallelujah. Isaiah 65, verses 1 to 5. Isaiah 5. Isaiah 65, he says the following. 63, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Because my head is in the wall and my wall is in the head. So he's saying, Isaiah 63, 1 to 5, he says the following. Because the Lord has healed somebody here. I am too complicated right now. I am complicated. Hallelujah. My God, he liveth. Hallelujah. I am virtually unstoppable now. I am virtually unstoppable now. He has even healed somebody here with the sophisticated medical systems of China could not. Hallelujah. I am virtually unstoppable now. And I'm very complicated right now. Hallelujah. He says, sit down. Isaiah 63, verses 1 to 5, he says, he says, who is this coming from Edom? From Bosra, with his garment stained crimson. Who is this robed in splendor and striding forward in the might of his victory, in the greatness of his strength? Then he says, it is I proclaiming victory, mighty to save. It is true, the Messiah is the Savior, mighty to save. 
mighty to save. And it is true if you read the book of Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 11, it is true our Savior went to heaven. So we are justified to wait for a Savior from heaven. Hallelujah! I saw him in heaven. Hallelujah. Eagerly await a savior from heaven. It is true. When he finished the job, he was raptured into heaven. And John saw him in heaven. And I saw him in heaven breaking the seals, my Lord. It is true. It is true the savior is in heaven. Where we eagerly await a savior. Our citizenship is there. Where we eagerly await a savior. And it is true. He is a savior. He is mighty to save. And it is true. We need him to save us. Because the tribulation is virtually unbearable. Virtually unbearable. Eugene, thank you for this beautiful sound. It's virtually unbearable. Because he's saying, if you just take one example, look at this. No tiene lugar para esconder. There is nowhere to hide. If you read the book of Revelation chapter 3 verse 10, he says, oh, let us read it. Let us read it because there are new people here who are not here yesterday, right? Is that true? Yeah, so let us read Revelation chapter 3 verse 10. This is serious. Mucho, mucho serious. Muy, muy serious in Espanol. He says the following. Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. He says the following. The book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 10. He says the following. He says, the words of Jesus they had read. He says, since you have kept my command, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I also, John Tambien, that's a conditional statement, right? Conditional statement. Because you have done this, I am also compelled. But the prosperity preachers, they want to change that. Because they realize that is fire, there is a role. You must keep his word in your heart. And he's saying, that when you, let me just read this and then I'll talk to you. This is very powerful. He's saying that Josiah the king, he became a king when he's very young. He became a king. And then he decided just to walk in the ways of God. And then at one point, Gero, and then at one point, he ordered for the repair of the temple. He said the temple must now be repaired. So they brought the workers who dressed the stones, decorated the stones, the wood, everything. Everyone with a skill was brought. When they went in there, then the high priest, <laughs> the high priest, who has been presiding over service. When they were repairing the temple, my Lord, 
the high priest presiding over the services every Shabbat. Every Sunday if you want. He discovers a book, my Lord. Hi. That is serious. And when he discovered the book, he read it and then he gave it to Shafan, the secretary. And he told him, run. Run to the king and tell the king, I have discovered a book that was lost. And then, the king was shocked. He said, a book. A book, I have discovered. The, 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 the high priest has found a book. He has told me to bring it to you. He said, can you just read for me what that book says? He was shocked. And when the, the Shaphan, the secretary, read the book, the book said, I, the Lord, I am holy. And everybody that worships me must worship me in holiness. And then when he had like that, the king with a golden robe and diamond, he tore the robe. He tore the robe. Why? Because he said, I cannot believe that all these years we have been entering the temple, entering the temple every Sunday, every Saturday, every Friday night, every vigil, worshipping there, worshipping there. I cannot believe that we have been worshipping without the Holy Word of God in our hearts, my Lord. And then, no substance, no extraña, susantidad. Hey! And then we did not miss that holiness. We did not miss it. We worshipped for years without holiness. And we did not miss holiness. We did not realize falta that we don't have holiness, my Lord. We worshipped every Sunday. Every Friday there is a Friday night. Every Monday morning there is a morning glory as people go to work. Every evening people come evening glory, they call it. Glory. And the king tore his expensive golden and diamond robe. When he saw the book, he was shocked that for all these years, we have worshipped in the temple of God every Sunday. And we did not realize that the holy word of God was not in our hearts. God is going to kill us. He tore his robe. Why? Because he was shocked that we worshipped without holiness, but we did not miss it. We did not miss it. I, I, we did not miss it. No sotras, no extraneous dad. We worshipped without the holiness of God in our heart, but we were not aware. We did not even miss it. We did not say, just a moment, I miss holiness. We did not. If you look at the present day church, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. If you look at the present day church, why, 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 why? They are worshipping every Sunday. They are worshipping in nudity, 
in immorality, in sexual lust. They are worshipping without knowing the Messiah is coming, without knowing there is righteousness. Not at all. And yet he's saying that if we had kept the word of God, the holy word of God in our heart, the word of God would have instructed us that God is holy. If we had kept the word of God in our heart, the word of God would have told us that God he is the king of our lives. If we had worshipped with the word of God in our hearts, it would have instructed us that we must live holy. If we had worshipped with the word of God in our hearts, it would have told us that the Messiah is coming. If we had worshipped with the holy word of God in our hearts, it would have told us reverence, 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 trespasses. If we had worshipped with the word of God in our heart, it would have told us that Jesus is the king over our hearts and instructing our lives and him alone, not shared. Not shared. The way you see in the church. The wife has another part of the heart and then Jesus has a half part. The husband another part and then Jesus a half part. Aye. And that's why if we had worshipped with the word of God, the holy word in our hearts, it would have told us that homosexuality is sin. If we had worshipped with the holy word of God in our hearts, it would have told our daughters that, look, being a woman in the church is a very high responsibility. Dress holy. If we had worshipped with the word of God in our hearts, we would have walked the narrow road. We would have known we don't belong here. Did you understand me? This is serious. He's saying that because of glorification, he now separates you. He says your citizenship is not here anymore. Your citizenship is now heaven. And then he says, for that matter, therefore, we eagerly await a savior. Look at this now. He said, Con anxioso, with distress. We are waiting for a savior with distress. Meaning we are in trouble here. A lot of homosexuality, a lot of morality abortions, a lot of murders, distress, unemployment, coronaviruses, and everything is happening. We can't wait. We are always waiting for when do we see the horsemen with the dust coming. But the present day church, they are settled. In fact, they enjoy it. In, in fact, let me tell you, they don't want to leave the world. Because they are doing well. The present day church is doing well on the earth. They don't want to leave. He's saying that when it comes to now, the glorification of the church, which is the final entry, the last stage in the processing of the church, the process of redemption according to God's program. I'm talking about biblical Christianity. Then he's saying, the Lord now puts a stake and says, your citizenship is not here. He separates you right there. And he says, that we eagerly await a savior from there. 
The word is eagerly. Do you remember the, the cripple that was by the by the pool called Bethesda that was lying there, Bethesda, by that pool, and for 38 years waiting for the Messiah, my Lord. Totally crippled, he's soiling himself, urinating on himself every day. He's distressed with many other cripples are full. For 38 years. And he was waiting for a savior. So how much was he really waiting for the savior? Even his heart anxious or anxiously and tremblingly. He's saying that when we look at the distress, when we look at when we look at the distress, when we look at the distress, that type of distress. Every time you come from prison back to prison, you are really waiting for a savior eagerly in trembling. Waiting for a savior, my son. Tremblingly. With anxiety. Every time they take you to jail. Are you still going to worship Jesus? It's alright. Yeah, I will continue worshiping. Back to jail. Then one time they give you the uniform for criminal. Now, now it's serious. All the time like that. And going. And we are here waiting for days, for weeks. And then after that we hear that they have said... Maybe on the 19th of September he's going to come out. We wait, it passes. Until we came out, we jump. Hey, he has come out. He has come out. And then again, they warn him, we are going to take you. Can you imagine how much you can be waiting for a savior, my Lord? Ay, 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 ay. I bless you eternally with eternity in the kingdom of God. Thank you so much. Thank you. Did you understand? That that is how we ought to be waiting for a savior. In total distress. Waiting for a savior. In fear that if he does not come, we are going to be finished. And if we miss his coming, we are also finished. Can you imagine? And yet when you look at the church globally, in Australia, New Zealand, I go all over the world. When you look at them in Brazil, wherever, everywhere, the church is settled, they are eating well, they, are, they have actually fitted in very well in the world. Did you now understand why he said, go tell them? Did you now understand why he said, go tell them? Go tell them. Did you understand why I told you today, I need time? I told you, just give me time. If somebody wants to go and refresh, they go. But please, just allow me today. Because tomorrow, I may not have the time. I may just be meeting groups because there are flights. Tomorrow, flights are starting starting meeting people tomorrow with tears flowing to rivers. Extraña Espanol. Missing you people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Messiah is coming. He's saying that when it comes to the glorification of the church, it is not a joke. The Lord now totally separates the church from the world. And a church that has accepted and mixed with the world cannot, I repeat, cannot take it to the bank. Cannot be glorified. I, he says that like the Roman soldiers who have been attacked, the Rome, and they have called for help, they are waiting eagerly to see if some dust is coming. Horsemen are responding to come and save them from an attack. 
that that is the way we should be waiting for the Messiah to come and save us from the coronaviruses. Come and save us from the nudity of women. Come and save us from abortions. Come and save us from immorality. Come and save us from dirty movies. Come and save us from suicides. Come and save us from homosexuality. Come and save us from earthquakes. Come and save us from wars. Come and save us from surgeries. Come and save us from diabetes. Come and save us from hypertension. Come and save us from fibros, bleeding diseases. Come and save us. My Lord, come and save us from all the diseases that are ravaging men. But that's the way we should be waiting. Did you understand? This is serious. This is not a joke. When it comes to glorification, now the Lord is very serious. He puts a stake down. He said, those who have not separated from the world will not make it. And I, you can imagine who is saying it to you. Who is saying it to you? The one that goes to heaven and speaks to the Father and come back. My Lord, you have to obey that thing. If you, you, you have to obey that thing, right? If you don't obey that thing, what will happen? And it will be too late. I'm glad I've caught you people before you entered hell. So, because I know the reason we are doing this is because we are aware that whatever enters hell never comes out. So now we can make proper mudanzas, changes, cambiamento. Proper changes. Until you just make sure at least I've entered heaven. Hallelujah. And so, when it comes to the glorification of the church, it is tremendous it is not a joke. He says the following. Again, glorification of the church. The book of Philippians chapter 3. Again, we are still on the same one scripture still. Hallelujah. This is unbelievable. I know Brazilians are watching now and say, I cannot believe he's doing it again. He has been doing five hours here and doing flies and water and distance and no resting, no sleeping, no whatever. I can't believe they have put him on that again. No, they have to stop it. They cannot do it to him. <laughs> to own and possess, right? <laughs> He's saying here, but our citizenship, pero nuestra, nuestra what? Ciudadano. Ciudadanía. But our citizenship, but our citizenship is not of the world. Hallelujah. I've received you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. My own son from 2004. A bishop now. He says, but our citizenship is not of the world. In other words, but our citizenship is of another place. But our citizenship is of heaven. Huh, what a superior place. He is in heaven. Where we eagerly await a savior from there. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, who by the power that enables him to create all the heavens, all the earth, all the billions and trillions of galaxies, and all the planets, and all the trillions of suns, sun glowing, and including our sun, which is a smaller one, who by the power that enables him 
to hold them, to create them and bring them under his control and give the sun heat and power and energy to be able to give us heat every day and never to hear that there is shortage of heat or power failure in the sun who by the power that enables him to create the galaxies, to create the planets, to create the big suns, to create the earth and everything in the earth and under the earth and in the heavens and the thrones by that power he says that power is available for glorifying somebody sitting here hallelujah there is no shortage of power to glorify people but there is shortage of people to be glorified my lord hi who by the power that enabled him to overcome death. My Lord. All that power put together is available to you. To be able, whether your body was blown up in a bomb, to be able to recall it and to be able to resurrect it and glorify it and give it an eternal status and honor it so that now you may touch the glorious stairs of God, my Lord, and enter eternity. By that power, my Lord. He's saying all that he has reserved it for somebody. To glorify somebody called the worship center of the universe. Your heart. Hallelujah. Did you understand? That who by the power of a creator. By the power that sustains the sun every day. We have never had, well, uh, people... (coughs) This is an angel. Special announcement. The sun today, has, there's a blackout. We have lost power now. But our technicians are working around the clock to restore power. Never, ever. Power is available. And he's telling in advance, please prepare. Use that power. Have it. It's available to you. It's for you. It's an enormous power. Can you imagine the weight? There are some, can, can you sit down for a moment? There are some very unique physicists. They just do physics. They handle bigger questions. For example, metaphysics, they handle the weight of the earth, the weight. Can you imagine someone asking that? That all his life he's trying to find the weight of the earth. You could even ask him, but for, for what? <laughs> <laughs> to do with it, with it, with it, what? But they are looking for big things. Can you imagine the weight of the earth? Who, by the power that enables him to hold the earth and our galaxy with trillions of planets, and there are many trillions. Okay, let me tell you one thing. The Lord took me to the end of the universe. Let me explain this. This is very powerful. The Lord took me to the end of the universe. And some of the places past the gravity is unbelievable. So he warned me. He said, here the gravity is too high. Yes, it will pull you to the planets. But at the end, there is now like, you feel, the sound is like iron. Iron. As though there is an iron. So you, some, some kind of iron. And the oxygen tension is low. And the Lord said, this is now very far. This is very dangerous now. He showed me galaxies that have not yet been discovered. My Lord. All those, he's holding them in his hands. How mighty is Jesus? 
Hey! No, 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 no. It's a very big mistake that there are some pastors who have combined with Hindu priests and they have equalized Jesus with a cow. With a cow. With a cow. With a cow. I normally eat it in dinner. It is very wrong that they have taken the mighty Savior, mighty to save, who has so much power, some galaxies are not yet discovered. He's holding them. Our galaxy is the smallest. Andromeda next to us here, which is also trillions of what? The distance where I went and crashed the neutral stars, 130 million light years away, which is 130 million times 9.33 trillion in terms of perceptible distance on the earth. My Lord. And then you take him and combine him with a Muslim priest. And you equalize the gods. My Lord, that is blasphemy. That's abomination. Our God is a superior God. He's a mighty God and he's the only God. You cannot. And then to take his salvation and use it for sexual sin. And for eating unga things of the earth here, we have a higher calling, a nobler calling. We are the citizens of that mighty king. We are shaming him now. When heaven looks at the nail pierce, they see the abuse, the man made, the things that were made by man on the earth. It is amazing that when he resurrected and he was glorified, he was resurrected and glorified with nail pierces. They remained of the glorious body. That, that also is amazing. Because he said, you will have the same body. Nail pierces remain in the glorious body. Meaning the scars are there. And so he's saying, when they look at the abuse Jesus went through, and then they see the church playing some cheap politics, looking for acceptance, lothing around my Lord. Crying for someone to accept them. Look, when they look at the church, they see as if the church is crying for a second deliverance. As if the church is saying the first Calvary did not have sufficient power to deliver her. So you can imagine the tragedy. And that's why when the day arrives, when you look at the book of Revelation chapter 19, from verse 6, he says the following. Look at what happens there. Apocalypsis 19, versículo 6 al 9. He says the following. The people I saw entering. He says the following. Then I heard what sounded like. Does somebody hear the word like? So those, not, no, those are not absolute things or dispute, that that is it. They are simply trying to bring it closer to the things your acquaintances, acquaintances are used to. That you may be able to understand. These are things of heaven. It may never be like even water. Just like to bring it close to you that you may understand. It says, then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud peals of thunder, shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come. Look at that kind of historic celebration like has never happened in heaven at all. They are celebrating and they are saying 
that because of that day, it's as though that is the day that affirms and confirms and establishes and ratifies and seals that for sure, yes, the Lord Almighty, now we can see that he reigns. Why? Because the other days they looked at the church, the devil was winning. There was no hope. That's why your salvation is not in vain. Your being here is not in vain. You must go and prepare a holy church. Then it's not for you. It's for, for Christ. And his bride has made herself ready. That, that celebration is not just because the day has arrived. But it's because when the day arrives, when they check, they find the bride is ready. Do you know how important it is that you're sitting here to go and prepare your countries? That is serious. He's saying that when they see that the church is ready, wow, it is historic celebration now. Wow. The church is ready. It is not just celebration because the day has come. It's the day because the, the day has arrived and the bride is ready. How do they know? Is it because she has written, wearing a t-shirt written, I am ready? Let's see how they know. He said, Lino finissimo resplandeciente limpio y puro. Finest linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Finest linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. How awesome, blessed people, to preach righteousness and holiness from today until the Messiah comes. How awesome to preach it in Germany until the Messiah comes. How awesome. How awesome. How awesome to preach it in Dusseldorf. And preach it in Munich. And preach it in Frankfurt. And preach it in Gießen. And preach it in Dresden. And preach it all the way to Marburg. And preach it all the way to Bonn. Preach it to Polenheim. Preach it to Mannheim. Preach it to all the cities of Germany until it becomes a reverberating sound. Until they themselves, it's ingrained in their hearts and their minds. They begin to preach it also now by themselves. That is what happened in Kenya. It was sounded until everybody now just said, how can I be holy? They are saying it until today. Tune the radio, see. And these days our radio is full, 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 the whole app. Finally, there is even no place to add a country. They are full, full, full. Anytime, every time. People are hungry now. The Messiah is coming. They have just discovered that having a lot of money and wealth does not amount to anything. It can be rubbished in a moment by an earthquake that I prophesied. Or when eternity comes, you cannot buy it. You cannot purchase eternity. And so he says that that celebration takes place. Why? Because when they look at the bride, she's ready. He says, she's wearing finest linen. I like the way Portuguese puts it, finissimo. Finest linen, bright and clean. Lino finissimo, resplandeciente limpio. Finest linen, bright and clean. It was given to her to wear. And then they say, those are the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the question becomes, if all of you upon receiving Christ received the finest linen gratis as a gift from the Lord, then the question is, across these years, have you maintained your garment finest linen, bright and clean, the only standard that enters? The answer is no. 
There is what you call mucha manchas. Mucha rugas. There is a lot of wrinkles. A lot of stains. Right now the church is wearing garment with stains. She has stained salvation. With compromise. With apostasy. With the world. He said go tell them. Run and tell them. I've seen them. I've observed them. They are focusing on the wrong thing. Those things they are focusing on are not expensive. They are not costly. They are not eternal. They are temporary. And he goes on to say, Then the angel said to me, Write this. Blessed are those who are invited into the wedding supper of the Lamb. Meaning, right now, as I'm saying that the Messiah is coming, this invitation, you are very blessed. Because in this briefing, I've been laying out simply the invitation to enter the glorious wedding supper of the Lamb and a word ceremony where names will be called. God himself will be there while others are roasting in hell. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. If you give me a second chance, I will fear your prophets. This time I will fear them. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.